Yeah, Daniel. You're unbelievable. Is there nothing you can't do? You're a superhero, man. I think that should be our theme for this whole entire month here at Apologetics.com Radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. But not only that, we listen to Run DMC Christmas music. What? <laughs> I absolutely love it, guys. And then uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, like I said before, you are listening to Apologetics.com Radio. And uh, we're just here to have a good time. This is our, is this the fifth? Fifth sun- Saturday. Yeah. Fifth or Saturday. whatever. Fifth Friday, whatever. That's so crazy. November's over. Yeah. Wow. Ouch. Man, what happened to it? Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving was good, over. though. Yeah. Thanksgiving <laughs> was really good. So I'm in studio. I'm going to go around the table, but let everybody introduce themselves. Um, and I would like to know how you guys' Thanksgiving went. So I'm going to go, I'm going to start over with Mr. Edwards. Yeah, Thanksgiving was great. We uh, went to San Diego this time, spent it with um, new family, so that's kind of good. My uncle remarried after um, his wife passed away 10 years ago. So, Whoa. Yeah, I know. So th- this is kind of cool. Um, new family. New Our- drama. <laughs> new drama, Fantastic. I guess. You can't avoid that, right? We're human beings. So there's always it. drama. <laughs> I love it, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, so it was good. Driving in the rain. So I was thankful oh. we were, we just survived. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Californians are so funny. <laughs> Everything slows down in the rain. It's like it's snowing. <laughs> it's like people are driving like this six feet of snow. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Hey, Yo. better than crazy drivers out there doing, you know, 70 miles or 80 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, this so, is true. Yeah. That's true. So that's good. So you had so, a good Yeah, San Diego's good. good. And, San Diego's uh, good. Smaller uh, than usual, but that was good. Just got to know our new family members. Praise the Lord. Yeah. No drama yet. No, no. <laughs> yet. I stress yet, Lenny. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Lenny, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was great. I had, uh, we got the whole family together over at our house, which was nice. Uh, just really low key, made dinner, watched some home movies. Like uh, real home movies? Like, like old home movies. Like wow. Dust off the VHS player. V- oh my gosh, dude, today. <laughs> so my, my daughter today asked what my first job ever was and after I, I used to paint houses like my dad owned a business so I painted for him after that was a video store a video rental store okay the video scene kind of like blockbuster only on yes. a local and my daughter had absolutely no idea what that meant <laughs> no you see they, they will never know the thrill of saying okay store closes at 11 it's five minutes till can I get the tape back or do I have to pay for the other the latency, yeah. right right yeah. or you don't rewind it yeah oh, nobody yeah. gets that yeah. so you have you you're saying Lenny you have a bunch of VHS with home movies yes like from when you were like a little tyke no 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 these are actually of my kids so. okay 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 yeah yeah but they're yeah so it was is right before the, the the transfer over to uh, to digital so and then then we got a flip camera which was really a, a just a stepping stone technology before mm. the iPhone came out. But, I remember yeah. the flips. Yeah. Yeah, those were pretty cool. Those were like all the rage for like two or three years. Yeah, and then, then everybody moved then, on to yeah. the phone because you already had iPhones came out and qu- squashed everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's, how old are your kids? Uh, 27, 26, 23, and 19. Holy smokes, man. Yeah, he's been around. You've been around, dude. I didn't think, <laughs> I've been, I didn't I've think been, that of you. I've been doing apologetics since 1995. So. 19, dude, I wasn't even a Christian in 1995. <laughs> on the internet, yes. On I was one of the very yeah, first yeah. online guys. On the internet. Wow, back when that was a mystery. <laughs> yeah, I tell people, I said, you guys don't get it today. We used to get up in the morning, right? We'd turn on our computer, we'd hit check email, and then we'd go take a shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> them, yeah. And then yeah. you'd come back and say, okay, yeah, I got it. It was exciting. You got email. You loved uh-huh. it. 
Oh, man, I do remember that. You know, you'd have to dial up and nobody yeah. could call in. So you'd be like, hey, Ma, I'm going to be on the internet. Is that okay? No, I'm waiting for a call. You can't go online. <laughs> and you had like three options on the internet, right? Email and like two games. Like you go on a web browser, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was basically Netscape, email. Netscape, right? Uh, Netscape. AOL. Yeah. 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 No, it was before AOL, actually. Netscape was? CompuServe was before AOL. Uh, yeah. But I but I started off bulletin board days where you had to actually yeah. put a floppy disk in and dial up a local exchange. Now, who still have Hotmail account here? Oh, mine got hacked uh, years ago. <laughs> you know what? I, I actually logged into my MySpace uh, just and to see. I remember that. They are still around, wow. but they're vastly different. So it's a pretty interesting. All three users, space, you and your mom. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember those big floppies. Fantastic stuff. Now they're coasters. You know, yeah. nobody uses them. It's just crazy. And then how about you, doctor? Hey. I was are a, you the um, only doctor in the room? Nobody. Right. Am I? I don't know. Yeah, you are yeah. the only doctor. Oh. Oh yeah, we were invited by uh, one of our good friends, and we had a fabulous time. You know, good food, and we played some board games. We brought in some Indian flavor. We had meatballs in curry. Nice. Oh, nice. So that's something I think we're gonna keep as a tradition. I love it. Nice. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we played Western Legend. It has so many rules in it. <laughs> that it took us about an hour and a half just to go through it. You know, just <laughs> two rounds maybe. Two rounds. So <laughs> what is it like a role playing game? It's more, uh, basically you're trying to, um, gain points by getting, um, what do you call them? Uh, you have sheriffs and you have, uh, bandits and you're trying to actually get over them and just winning as many goods as possible. So. Can you, can you choose to be a sheriff or a bandit? Yes. No, oh. actually it's designated to the players, so. But, but there are players who are bandits and yeah. players that are sheriffs. So you'll be either on the martial side or on the wanted so side. So kind of like risk is what it sounds like. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty, that's fun. I don't play any of these games. I don't. I, my kids are too young, and uh, we play Candyland, which is the world's yeah. most awful game ever created. <laughs> I hate those games. That and I remember playing Shoots and Ladders when I was little and really liking it. And as an adult, it's just yeah. Pointless. I did not grow up actually playing board games. I mean, I grew up playing. You know, we get physical with you know just play cricket or something. Just, play cricket, you know, yeah, outside, right? Yeah, yeah. Sports, yeah we don't. Like we don't. That used to be our sport. Yeah, cricket. Did you did you play cricket? I did. Yeah, I was a bowler and a batsman. Oh, yeah. Bowler. So so is bowling the, the, it's the pitcher. if you're a good bowler? It's like pitcher. You, yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I know cricket somewhat. But oh. so, do you try to throw the ball hard? Is that the? Is it like? Is it like? A so baseball? you can do it in different ways. It doesn't have to be always. You can swing the ball. It's supposed to actually hit the wickets. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. But it's like three days to finish a game. No, they are one-day games as well. So it doesn't oh, have to yeah, once day. in a while. Yeah. Once in a while, it just lasts 24 hours. So it's only when it's test match. I mean, it's going to be like three days and six days. I'm just, it, it just keep on going. I love that. That's insane. That's like definitely, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, yeah, hey, that's enough about us. How about you, though? Dude, my Thanksgiving was really rad. I can't believe it was yesterday. Like, it yeah. feels like it was a week ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Only because we're here in the studio. <laughs> I know. I know. Actually, you know what's really funny is I almost forgot that I had to come tonight, and then I looked at my uh, my phone, and my phone's been dead all day. I love those days where your phone dies early, and I'm out and about, and there's nothing I can do about it. So I like took my kids to the movies. I had no phone. It was awesome. You know, nobody could t- nobody could touch me. And then yeah. I got home, plugged my phone in. 
And one of my buddies texts me, oh, have fun on the show tonight. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like 1030. <laughs> but luckily, we're on yeah. at midnight. Was one of those buddies us? <laughs> no, no. It was, uh, it was actually it was, uh, Stephen Van Kulen. He used to, he used to do the show with me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, he's always listening and, and having fun. Uh, Thanksgiving was really good. Yeah, Just good. us. You know, mm-hmm. I, I cooked a bunch of turkeys, and uh, we brought one down for the homeless. Uh, we... We always participate in this thing at Living Oaks Church where they welcome the homeless community in and uh, mm. feed them, which is really fun. This year, That's great. they were like shuttling them in um, from with using like cars and buses and stuff. So it was really rad. They wow. feed yeah. uh, a couple hundred homeless folks. And then uh, and then I had a Thanksgiving meal with my family that was just completely off the wall because all my kids are nine, seven, <laughs> six, and three. So it was more complaining than anything else. You know, it, it looks like, I mean, these days, um, with all the news that I'm getting, it's catching up in other countries too. Thanksgiving? Yeah, not really? just Canada or here. I didn't know that. Even Whoa. Europe. Like people are just celebrating uh, Thanksgiving now. So. That's awesome. Well, you know, we'll have to talk about the Christmas uh, episode okay. or how, how Christmas is. Because like in Japan, you can't have Christmas without Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> no. And it's, oh, it's a whole thing. I and think it, you're right about that. And, and and it was because an American was in Japan and he wanted turkey dinner and the closest thing he could find was Kentucky Fried Chicken. And you, so that became a thing. You wouldn't <laughs> believe amazing. in the Gulf. I lived in the Gulf for four years and you wouldn't have a Christian meeting, any conference without KFC at the end. Yeah. Stop uh, it. Yeah. And then the empty buckets we passed Dude, it's the like offering. Oh, KFC, 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 KFC on KFC. the table, taking it for communion. It's um, KFC. I mean, it tastes completely different there. It's different <laughs> chicken. They would give you... I mean, so much to just eat, 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 eat. That is amazing. I've never heard of that. But it's interesting. It's much more like New Year's Eve. It's it's very much a party atmosphere yeah. in, in Japan. So so there's because because they don't they're not a Christian nation in any way shape. Or no form. no no no. So this is what uh, almost where we're going. Where, where Christian you know the United States is going. Where you have the celebration without the sanctification of the holiday. And I mm. think it's fascinating to see how that kind of thing. It's like Thanksgiving. You can How can you have Thanksgiving if you don't believe in someone to thank? Yeah. You know, but we don't talk about that, right? We just we, well, we're thankful to whom? Well, you know, it's the universe, Lynn. Yes, the universe, and that and that's part of the problem. Is it's, it's sending it's, sending you good vibes, man. Yeah. The bifurcation of our society is amazing. How people can hold these ideas in tension over and over again yeah. on every wow. issue just is, is staggering. It'd be nice if they're holding it in tension. They're yeah, well, that's the issue. It. No, yeah, they're, they're just, just yeah. holding it. It's, it's holding contrary beliefs. It's the idea, you know, the idea that uh, of. Uh, you know, uh, Greg, do you know, I guess, heard Greg Bonson? You know who yeah. Greg oh, Bonson uh-huh. was? Oh, yeah, Greg, he, Greg Bonson. Who doesn't know that? He, uh, <laughs> he wrote, he wrote his doctoral dissertation at USC on the ability of a human mind to believe something that it knew it was false. Mm-hmm. So it's totally believing something that you know is false, but you're going to believe it anyway, you know, so this cognitive disconnect or dissidence that's uh, that's going on in their minds. The mind is a tricky thing. It's funny that way. Um, what you, you described is all of Hollywood. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot. It's a lot of everything, actually. Yeah. I mean, everybody and everything. You know, especially when we start talking about, I, I think uh, it, you know, it's a good morals and stuff. Good indicator in terms of as apologists, we I think we should be capturing this very whole idea of longing and desires that yeah. people yeah. have, right? And most of the time, we are we are so superficial in terms of our arguments and engagement that we are just reaching out to their minds, but not touching their longings and helping them to understand that these are the true facts that provide or meet. The desires that they have, true desires that they have in their hearts. So. Argument from longing, man. Yeah. I love it. 
Sounds like a doctoral dissertation right there. The next PhD. Next yeah. one. Do it again. Your wife would be stoked. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, it, I think that we're on to something here about the, like, talking about what we want to talk about tonight. Um, kind of like, before the show, we were discussing, you know, the, the need. Well, it started by mentioning the need for uh, the way I took the term was uh, missions kind of focused on us. Yeah, domestic Domestic missions. missions. And then we started talking about kind of uh, where the youth are, Gen Zs, Gen Xs, and um, a missing one. Millennials. Millennials. Gen Ys, yeah. Gen Gen Y and Gen X, yeah. Yeah. And and where they're at as far as like what they believe, why they believe it, and uh, if they have good reasons for that, but um, also, you know, just the degradation of truth in our culture and Mm -hmm. where... Um, you know, we have, I mean, Harry, you were throwing out statistics like you were going out of style. Man. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I know. But before, hold on, before we get into that, I want to give our phone number. Okay. Because it's really important. Because you guys make the difference. Not you guys in the studio, it's you guys listening. So we'd like to hear from you. So if you have questions, make sure you give us a call at 888-995-KKLA. That's 888 that's a lot of fives. <laughs> and, um, and we really do want to hear from you. And if you have any questions in the area of values, ethics, religion, apologetics, of course, anything that you're going through, uh, theology, we'd love to answer it. And, um, and we're here for you. So in, in that vein, too, I know the end of the year is coming up. So keep us in mind. Uh, apologetics.com, we are a 501c3 organization, and we would love uh, your donation, uh, especially as Giving Tuesday comes up. You can go online, apologetics.com, and click the donate button. But now back to the fun stuff. Yeah, all right. The fun stuff, Harry. So what's going on with this, with the culture at large? And why do you know these crazy facts? Yeah, you know, because I've been reading on Gen Z a while. Um, Weird. Yeah, I mean. So it, who, what's Gen Z? Gen Z, Generation Z. It's the generation that's following Y. Wow. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought? Uh, who would have thought? Uh, and they follow Gen X, right? <laughs> but anyways, Gen Zs are uh, anyone, and I'm talking about Gen Zers here in the U.S. It's anyone who uh, is born between 1995 and about 2012 uh, or 2015. I actually like 2015. Uh, but it, we'll talk more about that later. But uh, the oldest of them, um, they're beginning to graduate from college right now. But when you look at Gen Z as a population, they are one of the most secular ones coming in, uh, coming of age. And what I mean by that is only 4% of them have a biblical wor- worldview. That's four out of 100. So it's like, we as apologists or evangelists or pastors, if we mention Jesus, the Bible, or Noah's Ark, or chances are they have no clue what that is. I mean, if you're a betting person, right, and there's like four, uh, there's a hundred ping pong balls in a, in a bucket, and you are to choose that Christian, I'm going to bet you're not going to be able to choose that Christian after several tries, right? Because you only have like four out of a hundred. But anyways, that, that's the kind of generation that we're dealing with right now. Um, here are some sobering stats, too. Like, for instance, only 34% of Gen Zers believe that lying is morally wrong. Um, and then I mentioned a while ago how three-fifths of them, and, and here's the sad thing, uh, the, the, the stats have little difference between the professed Christians and the non-Christians when they say that church 
has no value to them. So 64% of non-Christians say it has no value to them. It's 61%, not much difference, of Christians that say the church has no value to them. Mm. That's why I think, and I know, um, Jacob, uh, your organization, Heritage Council, is very much attuned to this, and you feel an urgency of doing missions here in the U.S. And what you're you're saying, Harry, it's not just particular to one generation. So if you see the Pew Research Report on the state of Christianity here in America that came out in October this year, it says that in just 10 years, in a decade, the percentage of people claiming to be Christians here in America has come down to 65%, which is down by 12%. This is the time the church should wake up, right? If we are not waking up now, then I don't know when. And this is in light of the increase that has been there to 26% of those who are atheists and nuns from 17% in 2009. That's the biggest gap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That's right. So so I think this is the time we should be stepping in. And, and you were mentioning about Heritage Council. I think there, that, that was the reason why Heritage Council was even formed. The very fact that I even gave it the name Heritage Council was because there's a need for us to understand what our Christian heritage is and remind ourselves of the importance of maintaining it, preserving it for the good of everyone. Yeah. I mean, you'll hear stats like, and I know Barna released their report last year, so they have a a book published, uh, you know, 2018, so it's pretty recent. But the number of nuns, uh, those who say they have no religious affiliation, they could be atheists or they could just be, they're just tired of religion. But that number has doubled in the last five years. Yeah. So, so in light of these, I think, uh, fact, as much as global missions is important and necessary, uh, we shouldn't be any, in any way stopping that. But at the same time, there has to be a focus here, missions here in America, in Northern America yeah. as well, right? If we are just focused in sending out missionaries to other countries and losing our home turf, I don't think we are winning anything. Yeah. As Osgina says, that's kind of like cut flowers. We're like cut flowers. We've been cut from the source of our nourishment. Now, of course, God is sovereign. He, he can do whatever. But... I mean, if if we don't do domestic missions like you're suggesting, uh, we we need to get used to the idea that uh, we'll be receiving missionaries from Korea, South Africa, you know, those places. And hey, maybe that's maybe that's the future, but it doesn't have to be. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's interesting. The um, whenever we start talking about these studies, I'm so I'm a skeptic at heart, right? I never. I want. I always wonder how specific the questions are that people are being asked because. Like we hear all the stuff about people leave, leaving the church, hmm. you know, all these all these kids are leaving the church, leaving the church, leaving the church, and um, and the same with you know they they identify as nuns. Now, I'd like to know like what the like what that term it me- really means according to the, the the survey. You know, what's the wording on the survey? Like, can I be a nun if I don't affiliate with a particular yes. de- denomination? denomination? Yeah. Those are nuns <clears throat> as well. So if you ask them. Uh, are you Baptist, Lutheran, whatever? They don't care. So they would be a nun, and they would literally check. They look at all the uh, options they have. Well, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm that. I'm not sure. So they'll just say none. So there can be nuns in heaven. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So it's not so much that they're that they're secular. It's not so much that they're atheists or non-believers. It's just that they don't affiliate with uh, with particular. Stripe or type of religion. Yeah, most yeah. of them are spiritual, but not religious. Is the way that they w- they phrase themselves, they categorize yeah, themselves. So many of them uh, believe in, in in some type of a god, 
uh, or or higher being. It, a lot of times it's very amorphous, very and, it, and it's very reflective of one's own person and personality. So <laughs> so it's it, you could be Wiccan, you could be um, just generally, you know, I I believe God, I believe in the Golden Rule, and I try to do my best towards the Ten Commandments, and that's enough for me. And that's where it stops for for those people. They don't want to identify as an atheist or, or an agnostic. Even they're 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 not that. Uh, others do. I mean, atheism is growing to some degree as well. But it's, it's, again, none is a much broader field, just like Christianity is a broader field, right? Within Christianity, you, you have Catholicism, Orthodoxy, Coptics, and Protestantism, and then sure. within those, you have subdivisions too. So it's a, it, it's a, a a meta category, I guess I would say. Right. Well, on, on the bright side, if you see here in America, what's happening now is the number of churches, the home groups, that's increasing. Yeah. Compared to mega churches and big churches. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, on the br- that's on the brighter side, right? But this increase that, that we're talking Why about. Why is that not on the brighter with, side? I would say, uh, again, the, connecting with this whole idea of not being affiliated to a certain denomination, right? Not yeah. being restricted in that regard. But they, they have more autonomy in terms of being able to evangelize and do things and not commit to the the uh, the denomination that they are part of. Okay. And most of the denominations, if you see, are, again, leaning or wanting to be more liberal. I mean, there are denominations like that. So people choose to actually go their own way and create those churches. If they are worshiping the true God and following uh, the right path, you know, there is no harm in that. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because, like, whenever I hear these, you know, especially that, that the, there's so many people leave in the church, well, I'm not 100% sure they were ever in the church. You know what I mean? Especially, well, especially no, these yeah, youth. That's, uh, it, it, and the Lifeway study, if, you're, if that's specifically the one you, that many people point to when they talk about 65 to 70% of kids. Yeah. Okay. They're talking about kids who attended church through their high school year, so youth groups, something like that. But when they go off to college, they stop attending church. Yeah. And now, of those, and you got to read into it, what you find is – after they finish their college years, many times they get married, they start a family, and a third of those do come back to church because now they have kids and they want <laughs> they want their kids to yeah. have some kind of grounding. It's so funny. Okay, so so of the seventy percent, you do get a boomerang effect. But to your point, if you've all left and you're just coming back, so you're and my mom did this right. She she put me in parochial school first five years of my elementary existence because she says you got to have your religion. It's not that she was a a believer and and, and dedicated in in that sense. She was definitely non-religious. She would drop us off Sunday morning at church, yeah, and then drive off and pick us up when we were done. You know, yeah, it was that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. But but you have to have your religion. Yeah, that's the idea. So so there is that problem. Uh, the, the what. The concern is is the body counts, and and I think the statistic was built in order to get church leaders' attention to say, look, your your pizza parties and your movie nights for youth group are not working. Mm. Matter of fact, what a uh, recent Barna survey, what young adults say is missing from church, is a lot of them say they they go to church to grow spiritually and to learn about God. That's why they're there. Yeah, and. You know, holding a basketball game or having a pizza night is not doing it. 
they want to ask hard questions. They think leadership is, is, is sorely lacking. And so we shy away. Oh, we can't turn them off by, by bringing up controversial issues. No, they would thrive on that. And that's what things like this are helpful to do is, we, yeah. you know, we don't shy away from the hard questions. We, we want them. Yeah. And I think that's going to be more meaningful. And uh, you, you go off to college and guess what they're talking about? They're talking about all the hard questions yeah. and they're getting their questions answered in the wrong way. Yeah, so. that's interesting. That's really interesting because in one regard, you know, I'm, I'm just serving churches that I know of in my mind, in my community, right? And the bigger and the, the, the bigger ones that have, you know, the like rave night for the high school students. I mean, that thing's packed, hmm. you know, um, and they might play a Christian song, but right. there's no gospel right. uh, in it. There's no. And, you, and guess what? College has better parties. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that, this is a, this is a whole nother issue, right? As the church seeks to chase entertainment, yeah. we just don't have the budget. I mean, just let's be real. That's right. I yeah. mean, we you'll, don't have you'll the budget. You'll never top Taylor Swift. That's just, right. It, yeah. won't it just won't happen. You know, we don't have the uh, the millions of dollars uh, to, to to do it with. But I'd like to start talking about. Say, so we kind of highlighted a little bit of the problem. Like, what what are we going to do about it? You know, starting in this room and then the listeners. Uh, whoever's listening right now, what what can the average person do at their local church to yeah. combat this issue? Uh, I personally feel that we need to cultivate this idea of habitus. I mean, we are all creatures of habits, right? And I think there is some value to this that we, our churches, our worship time, our fellowship time is cross-generational. It's not that we don't isolate young people to do their own things. Mm-hmm. And trying to appeal them. It's very controversial but what you're it, saying. Exactly. You're but, making me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I, I personally feel there is value to children seeing their parents worshiping and loving God. Or strangers or the guy down the street or anybody else, their Ex- friends, their Exactly. Age. And also for parents to be accountable in terms of their, while they're worshiping at church, they're maintaining that lifestyle at home. For their children to see yeah. that there is no disconnect in what they're saying and how they're living their life. That's so good. Hey, I want to connect and jump in on that habitus thing. So, habitus. You know, I'm a fan of that. The computers By the way, come yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, like a video James K.A. Smith is the person to read on that. Um, on habit, habits? Habits, yeah. Is sure. he Christian? But um, let, me, let, me, let me read this uh now we're after here. the break. Now yeah. we're after the break. Oh, are we? Are, are, we're almost Which after one the do you, break. Do you hear the jingle bells? <laughs> This is Jingle Bell Rock, Harry. Okay, we'll do it after the break. Then. After after we hear a little Jingle Bell Rock, I kind of want to go to break. I kind of want to just listen to the song. Daniel can't do anything; he's on the phone. He can't yeah. stop me. You can't <laughs> stop me. No, you guys are listening to Apologetics.com Radio. We're going to be back in like sixty-five to seventy-five to eighty-five seconds or something like that. We'll see you then. Bye. Cool. Dancing and prancing in Jingle Bell Square in the frosty air. Yes, Daniel. I am loving this. I'm absolutely loving this. I'm going to be, I'm just going to, hey, if you're listening to this apologetics.com radio where we challenge believe is to think and think is to believe, you can give us a call back, uh, or not call back, but call here. <laughs> if we're calling you, there's a problem. You should probably be rebuking whoever's on the other line. Um, but, uh, but we are at 888-995-5552. That's our phone number. Direct dial into us. Feel free to call us with any questions. It doesn't even necessarily have to be related to our topic tonight, which is domestic missions and also kind of the, we're starting to get to almost the failure of the church, uh, to do some adequate training and being distracted by the culture. But, uh, speaking of distracted, I am, uh, I'm, I'm struggling here in my mind because should I be a distraction? 
Yes, I will be because I'm the host. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was driving here tonight and I was listening to the Christmas music for really the first time this season. And I love Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Like Who everything doesn't? about yeah. it. Yeah. Everything about it. I absolutely love Christmas. This is the best time of year. Yeah. I am so busy right now, you know, and, and, and I'm just so busy in my personal life and, uh, and I'm so distracted. And tonight for the first time, it hit me like Christmas is coming, you know, and, and, uh, I'm going to make a point of it this season. So regardless of the distractions and they're all very important things. You know what, John? What? Uh, I'm, I'm flying out to Michigan for missions. On the 25th. Are you really? Wow. That's why we started our Christmas early, just midway in November. Whoa. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is the shortest time you have between Thanksgiving and Christmas. The mm-hmm. calendar can be no no fewer days. It's not right. Like yeah. My Christmas lights are going to be up for, for less than a month. That's right. You know, it's not even, well, maybe not. Well, depends yeah. What, <laughs> depends on my, it depends when my wife is on. Yeah, me. yeah. She, we get to a certain point where my wife gets embarrassed pulling in with the, uh, the lights lit up. You know, the house gets lit up like Clark W. Griswold. And, um, anyways, anyways. So, Harry, before we went to break and I distracted everybody about Christmas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you were going to read us an, an amazing quote that was going to change our hearts and our minds. Well, yeah, this is from scripture. So it better change your hearts and minds. But, uh, just to connect and dovetail with, uh, what Jacob was saying. Uh, to add to that, I mean, habits, right? Uh, s- some of us get these habits because we have beliefs. And, and, and I would maintain that you can interchange which the priority, uh, mm-hmm. you can develop habits because of your beliefs. Or actually, if you do habits enough, you will form that belief. But th- the, the thing that we forget at church is this whole idea of, and we were talking about this during the break, uh, an, an incomplete understanding of truth, right? It's just not a proposition. It's not just one plus one equals two or those kinds of things that are true. But it's the doing of those things. So let's say uh, John 3.21 says, but, who, but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. That part, that phrase, does what is true, we don't have the proper English word for it, but if we are to translate that properly, actually, that phrase is properly understood as truthing. Hmm. We take a form, a a verb form of truth. So truthing would actually be the right way to understand that. Or how about 1 John, uh, let's go to 1 John 1.6. It's the same idea as well. Let me see. Where is that in the Bible? Toward the end. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 1 John. <laughs> 1 John 1, sure 6. Goes like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't read my Bible today, but... <laughs> Just before if, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and yeah. do not practice the truth. It's the truth, yeah. There, that, that's kind of closer to what we're trying to get at. You know, there's, there's that whole practice how do you practice propositional knowledge you know it doesn't make sense right two plus two equals four how do you practice you know let me give you a very real example and this touched my heart so much i don't know if i've shared this with any of you before this happened to me a few weeks ago and i'm 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 a proponent of bringing your kids into worship doesn't matter what age they are i want to hear them cry i want to hear see (laughs) them running around i'm absolutely fine with that and we had this family with us who brought in their kids, dear family, right? And there came a time in between when we were supposed to greet each other, right? And we're greeting everyone. And I looked at this kid. He tells me, no one is greeting me. 
Oh. And that touched my heart. He's only four now. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was saying, see, he's noticing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, cause, and nobody's noticing him because they're not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Huh. You know, this brings up the point of the Barna study just recently did one with what they called connected adults. And they found that only one third of young adults feel cared for by others. And you want to talk about being effective in your church outreach? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is so here's the stats. They're, they're talking 18 to 35 year olds now, people who've who've matured, but they're feeling disconnected from their church, their friends, their world. They say, 77% of them say, hey, events around the world matter to me. Yeah. Are we talking about that in our churches? Um, 57% said, I feel connected to people around the world. Yeah. But are we connecting them to the Christian worldview and how that affects the people around the world? I often feel deeply cared for by those around me, only 33%. Yeah, that's sad. And I often feel someone believes in me, only 32%. So so no. Jesus says they will know you are my disciples by how you love exactly. one another. Now, John, you have a church statements. that is modeling this pattern, right? We're trying extremely hard. What yeah. are you doing? So we uh, we planted a Soli Deo Gloria church in Camarillo. And we are uh, a multi, true multi-generational church, meaning we have no uh, programming on Sundays, no programming anytime uh, other than Sunday morning. So when you come to church, your whole family comes to church. So we're in there with my amazing kids, nine, seven, six, three, almost three next I'm sure month. sure you have challenges, It's right? so hard. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. My three-year-old is, is a very, very rambunctious, high-energy three. And she literally does not stop talking. Mm-hmm. Like from the moment she gets in to the moment we get home, she's talking. And, uh, but we learn to deal with it different ways. We bring puzzles for her. We're not saying that our kids need to sit there perfectly. We know that's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. We have a <clears throat> off to the side of our, um, it's borrowed space that a church has lent us. There's a side room where we pipe in the service live mm-hmm. and we have a training room. So the training room is set up, uh, just like a sanctuary except for little. And um, the kids are encouraged to go in there with their parent or parents and uh, sit and try to watch the sermon. And in that smaller environment, they're able to focus a little bit better, hopefully. Mine, uh, mine doesn't seem to be wanting to learn that lesson. So I hold her in the back of the service. But the, the cool thing is, is like what we've seen happen is community has started happening. So mm-hmm. everybody sees my struggle with it. And when I'm traveling, speaking or whatever, they see my wife's struggle with it. So you have a church that's now stepping up and rallying around the family. It's taken a while, but, and we're that family that, that they're trying to rally around sometimes. But, uh, but true community is starting to happen. Yeah. What I love about what you just said, I'm um, Jacob. Is that uh, when you and, and you used in a negative where you know a kid wasn't being recognized? Uh, we've forgotten that children are part of the church, right? They're there, and and uh, and and we miss that. And when we segregate the kids out, whether it be high school, middle school, or younger, I think. Uh, we're creating these false environments for the kids. It's not church. So when we, when we say all these kids have left the church, no, no, no. I don't think the kids have ever been in church. Yeah, I think they've been a guitar and pizza where they uh, they sing fun songs and and watch a video. At, at at worst, at best, they're getting some okay Bible teaching, good Bible teaching in, in my where I come from, great Bible teaching in the high school. Uh, but it's still not church. You know, they're not with their parents worshiping. Like how, you know, youth groups going through Matthew, uh, you know, um, parents are going through Revelation. What's the conversation in the car? 
yeah. you know, parents, if you want to be discipling. And then it's funny because you get the parents who come home and they, uh, they take, take the task, the youth pastor and say, my kid's not, not a Christian anymore. And you're like, I had your kid, uh, you know, 150 days out of, out of four years. Hmm. What you do with your time, you know, with your, and, and that's kind of hard on the parent, right? But it's the truth, I think. So it starts young. And what we're trying to do is build this community at Soli where it's um, a, a true community of believers, uh, every age and, and uh, you know, uh, sphere of life. And they're gathering together on the morning uh, on Sundays, and then we have a meal after, and it's it's great. And they need as as much as uh, encouragement as possible. Like today, yeah. an, another example, if I may share, um, like Chick Fil A, they they give you an ex- a free meal uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So it's become a tradition for my wife and I, and we just went there and had our Chick Fil A. And I, my wife, Chick Fil A gives a free free meal. On, yeah, yeah, I didn't the day know that. after wow. Thanksgiving. So. <laughs> so, so we, we had this bunch <laughs> yeah, of kids sitting there, and my wife actually—I was order, make, uh, making the order—and <laughs> my wife actually saw kids talk. Actually, before they started eating, they prayed, and one of the guys actually complained, saying, "Why are we praying in public?" Right among them, and she heard that, and she shared that with me. All of a sudden, I got up and I went and said, "Guys, I so much appreciate that you were praying in public." Uh, uh, they were, and they were just pointing at him. You were saying we should not be playing in public. See, people are noticing us. You know, just, so those kind of encouragements are good. I think they need it. Yeah, that's and so my good. experience is one where we come alongside them, understand them, mm-hmm. and you know, listen to them. And as you said, Lenny, there's so much longing yeah. for that relationship. Well, again, and if we're not city. and and if we don't talk about the tough issues, if we don't, you know, th- we are. That's another way of devaluing them. Yeah. Right. That's a. If you if you isolate and protect them, then you're saying, "Oh, you're not capable yeah. of dealing with hard issues." And when you go off to school, that's not how they treat you. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden, the person that they hey, he really cares about me. Now it's an atheist professor yeah. who's you know some of them are overt in their goals that I'm going to undermine this kid's faith, and, yeah. and others think, are yeah. not, but. It's that, that's part of the problem. And I think what we also do is actually in church, we think that it's too complex for them, yeah. difficult for them. But we don't care about the movies they watch. doesn't matter how complex that those movies are or the games that they <laughs> yeah. play, right? Things that they read. We, and, yeah. we've, we've witnessed it firsthand at our school. Like our kids go to a private Christian a classical school. And, and they start every, every morning of the week, they have chapel. And it's a 35 minute chapel where they do two worship songs, they do a creed, uh, repeat some, um, we call them call outs, and, uh, which are just truths. Um, and then, uh, then they hear a, you know, 15, 20 minute sermon, uh, sermon. And the kids are squirrely in kindergarten when they get there. After three weeks, they're sitting just fine through the whole thing. They can sit just fine. It's a matter of training them how. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've loved most about what we do at church is uh, communion time. So the way that we do communion is when you get the bread, people come up to the table mm-hmm. up front and peace of Christ, right? So we, we say peace of Christ, we pass the peace of Christ, and we do it to the kids. You know, So you have kids coming up with their parents. We recommend the whole family come up, and um, as long as they've been baptized, they can partake. And that's a whole nother discussion on where we are with that stuff. And, but, uh, but, you know, the kids are coming up, you know, my kids, nine, seven, and six have been baptized. Hmm. And, uh, so I'm able to partake peace of Christ with you, you know, and, uh, peace of Christ to you and, and hug on love on them. And they feel part of it. Hmm. And we're, and I wonder how that would translate through the generations, hmm. even if our, even if our larger churches were able to do that, you know, 
we're talking about relational issues, and I have a caller here, and he's got a relational issue, not necessarily related to what we're talking about, but we should take it because it's a hard issue. And uh, go for it. Let me see here. Hey, Jeff, are you on the line? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Jeff from Canoga Pack is on the line, and I'm going to let you phrase your questions for these guys. This this question because it's a hard one, and I really appreciate you calling. Well, I appreciate you guys being on, and I guess like I told the screener just. And if you guys had any advice or any any uh, pointers as, as far as scripture I could point to um, with my family and, and a couple of my friends that are you know very religious, um, you know go to church twice a week, and I kind of grew up in that environment for the most part. But you know around high school, I would say like junior year and, and senior year, I started to have my my issues and my doubts and I always believed in God and, you know, things we don't understand, you know, but I couldn't, you know, escape the fact that I was gay and pretty much came out to my parents and, uh, you know, my friends uh, a year ago and still struggling with exactly how to show them or convince them that I'm still a Christian, that I still love God and that I still believe I'm going to heaven, even though, I am. Um, I'm gay. Yeah, that's. The, I'm. I'm so appreciative of of your call and your willingness to discuss this because we were just talking about the hard, hard issues, and I can really think in my mind of no harder issue. Um, so thank you so much, Jeff, and uh, and I'm glad that you called. So you're looking for some advice uh, on how you can relate to your family. Um, having d- d- does your whole family know that you've come out that uh, that you're that you're gay? Um, I believe so. Everyone, I didn't, you know, I told my mom and I, I think she told everyone, but my dad still never said anything to me and, and I'm not too sure if he knows that he's kind of in denial or maybe he does know. I'm not sure, but everyone knows. You know, I have, sure. I have three sisters and two brothers and, and, um, an ex, an ex-wife now. Okay. So let's, uh, let, let's toss it out there, guys. What do you guys say to, to, to Jeff? How could we help him? Well, first of all, I would um, think it's a misnomer, and I've always been bothered by our popular culture's categorical placements of individuals. Um, you are first and foremost a human being, right? No one's sexual desires or 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 predilections should define them. It shouldn't be even your primary definition of who you are or what your worth is, no matter what side of the spectrum you fall on. You're, as, as a human individual, you're much more complex than, than merely what kind of uh, sexual longings one person has, right? Sex is something, you know, what you do for 30 minutes twice a week is not necessarily the most important aspect of who you are as an individual. So that's the first piece that I would, that I would say is, is I'm, I'm always bothered by people kind of saying, because I have this desire, I, I apply this label and that defines me, which is a, a concern. Uh, I would say as a human being, you have a reflective, you know, you reflect the image of God, you bear the Imago Dei, that means that you have intrinsic worth. And hopefully that you would, uh, you would at least start there. And, uh, we know that Jesus died for all people, uh, regardless of whatever their, 
uh, desires or, or leadings are. So I, I think, I think that's the first step in, in making this contact is, is to maybe understand yourself as a human being and uh, uh, as a person who bears God's image. And that's that's kind of the starting point. And I think that's a good starting point as far as relaying things to your family too, Jeff. Uh, I know we lost you, and I hope you heard heard all of that. If not, you can just go back to the podcast. And are you with us back, Jeff? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I just not disconnected. You're there. good, I, man. I caught the message. Yeah. So, uh, so the idea is, is that that we place our value and worth in the fact that we're human beings made in the image of God, and our sexuality. Um, how we define that. And I liked what, I liked what Lenny said. You know, what we do, uh, 30 minutes a day, twice a week isn't what defines us. It's, it, it, it's that we're made in the, in the image of God and there's nothing that can take that from you. I think that's a good opportunity. I think that's a good place to start with even your family discussing these things with, and I'm sure it's hard for your family too, as, uh, as I'm, I'm positive they disagree with you, um, on the issue. And what, what else do you guys have? Any, any advice, Jacob or Harry, who wants to jump in? I know. Well, have mercy on us. You know, I mean, we're mm. uh, we're broken people, um, and we make mistakes. And uh, the first commandment it, to love God, and the second is like it to love others. We fail miserably on that. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to say anything new, but it, it is a hard issue. But uh, to, to know more about ourselves, I think, is is a, a big deal. In fact, Calvin said, uh, how do you know ourselves? Uh, well, you get to know our maker as well. Then you'll know yourself. And at some point, Calvin wasn't even sure which one goes first, you know, because uh, anyway, they, they, they both are important things, to know yourself, to know God. Um, and to know yourself, if we're going to take that advice from Calvin, to know yourself who we are, uh, like you said, Lenny, uh, we're image bearers. We need to know God. And the best place to do that is the Bible. So that's my only advice on this. Uh, human beings are complex people. We don't even understand ourselves. Yeah. Scripture says the heart is wicked. Yeah, it, It's hard, but I think we need to remain committed to knowing God. And how do we know that? Is through Scripture, and because of, and through that we get to know ourselves, yeah. and, and we yeah. need to yeah. remain committed to both of those things. Uh, I'll just add one thing, not just with a particular issue or challenges that we face. Um, I think with all matters of our life, what we actually are looking for um, is the right kind of freedom, right? And I think that freedom is only found in Christ. I think so in, in terms of practicality of how we can come to that freedom, I think it is important and must that we come on our knees before Christ, the truth who sets us free. Yeah. And I think uh, with you, brother, and everyone, like including myself, I would say, we need to spend time with God and bring our issues and challenges and our desires and pour out our hearts before Him and seek His help and intervention. Yeah. I think in these matters, only He can help. Yeah. Right? While we... Orient our hearts to glorify him and walk with him. And, and not too long ago, we did a show, and uh, Beckett Cook yeah. was uh, here in studio. Uh, one of our friends hosted that, and um, you you ought to listen to that. Beckett Cook has a wonderful testimony. Mm -hmm. He's um, a gay person, and he had his story. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and hey, Jeff, and also I, I would say I love what, what's being said here because Scripture is central. Um, I'd say uh, patience is in order uh, for, for your family um, and for, well, yourself. And I'm hoping that they're able to extend you some patience, too, as, as things are wrestled with and, and tossed around. But also, um, if you're looking for so many any resources, I don't know if you're open to these, but Christopher Yuan, um, Christopher Yuan, his last name is spelt Y-U-A-N, has written a phenomenal book called Holy Sexuality that, uh, that I, I highly, highly, highly recommend um, to you. Uh, there's also a discussion online on YouTube that you could watch. That I, I got the fortune of hosting a talk between a gentleman named Matthew Vines and Sean McDowell. And if you were to YouTube or just uh, Google uh, Vines, V-I-N-E-S, McDowell, I don't even M C D O W E L L. Yeah. Um, you know, um, just those two words, it'll probably pop up. It's a two and a half hour conversation. I love the way it turned out because it was a true conversation between two guys with very differing opinions on, uh, on homosexuality and what the Bible says. And I think it was a civil dialogue, but out of it, I think a lot of truth came with little heat. Oftentimes too much heat yeah. is produced and not enough light. And that wasn't the case for this one. Let me mention the name of the book by uh, Beckett Cook. Yeah. And I think that's a good one to yeah. read. Uh, the name of the book is A Change of Affection, A Gay Man's Incredible Story of Redemption. Yeah. So, uh, so Jeff, I'm not, I, I'm hoping that we're, that, that we've offered you some nuggets there for you. How you doing? I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Good. I definitely appreciate that. And that's just like my dad, he's like, He's a pastor, and he's telling me, like, basically saying that I should just give up on God if I'm going to choose a life of sin. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot of, it's a lot compli- more complicated than that. Uh, man, I, I sin every single day. Harry brought it up, right? So the, the you know Jesus boiled the Ten Commandments down to two: love God and love people. And to gain entrance into heaven, what do we have to do? We have to do that perfectly. And uh, I, I don't do either one every single day. Now, that being said, I think uh, when you're pursuing a, a, a lifestyle that's outside of the will of God for you, I think you can get yourself into some dangerous positions. And if, if you were my boy, uh, I, would, I would love you regardless of, uh, of your sexuality. And out of that love, though, would come concern. Because I want, uh, I, I, I'd be concerned for you and your soul. And I'm hoping that he's able, your dad's able to address you with, uh, with concern, compassion, and love. Uh, the only love that comes, uh, from a, a savior like Jesus Christ, who, like I said before, they will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. And, um, and, and that's what well, we should I'm, be doing. I'm wondering if, I'm wondering what, what you guys' opinion is this. I'm, I'm, I just, I came out as gay, but I really don't know if it's, if I'm gay because I, I've never been with a man, and really my my attractions are to to um I, I don't know how to say them on the radio, but like she males or sure. transsexuals, Tran- transvestites, yeah, or yeah, transsexuals, well, transvestites. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I I do think that there that God has designed the sexual union uh, with a telos in mind. In other words, the primary purpose of sex is not pleasure. And, and we get that wrong in our society because we're living in such a sexually saturated society. Uh, 
the idea that sex is primarily built for pleasure is a um, really a byproduct of the fall. It's a twisting of the of the concept. What sex is, and all sex should be, is it should be first of all selfless, not selfish. And if you think sex is for pleasure, then you're living for a selfish sex, and the ultimate form of selfish sex is rape. So sex should always be selfless. Uh, and the ultimate form of selflessness is, is of course, lifelong commitment. But the other end goal of sex is procreation. Now, not everybody who gets married or what have you procreates. But if all the parts are working properly, that will be the natural outcome. It's the only biological function that requires both more than one person in order to uh, operate properly. So I think that there is a telos to sex that God has designed, and that tells us a lot about what sex is for. Uh, if we want to honor God, we recognize that and we approach it in, in that regard. Again, being selfless in any aspect of Christianity, being it eating too much, whatever, uh, you can abuse those natural inclinations. And I think we just have to step back and yeah. say, you know, it's not for me, it's for thee. That's good, Lenny. And uh, you know what? We only have like two more minutes left. And Jacob, uh, Jake, one minute. And Jacob would uh, would like to pray for you, Jeff, on the air. Can can you can we do that for you right now? Yeah, please. If you just pray for like whether or not I should am I am I am I gay or am I not? That's what I want. What I want. To Absolutely. Know. Just because I like transsexuals, I don't. I don't think that that necessarily makes me gay. I mean, it may be a woman with a penis, but it doesn't. That, that shouldn't, it shouldn't matter because like you said, it's not about sex, it's more just the fact that I'm gonna suck her dick, she wants to suck my dick. It's, it's like, it should be natural. Let's let's get let's 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 pray for pray. you, Jeff. Father God, we come before you, Lord. We come with this confidence that we can only approach you uh, through grace that you offer. And Lord, we bring our brother Jeff before you, Lord, and the challenges that he's facing. I pray, Lord, that you would have your hand of favor upon him, that you would direct his identity in Christ and Christ alone, that he would have no doubts about your plan and purposes for his life. And, oh Lord, I pray that you would, he would submit to your will, your pattern of who we are, Lord, as individuals. I pray that you would bring him back to his family, that there'll be reconciliation, there'll be, uh, again, a joyful fellowship between them. I pray that you would guide my brother's heart uh, to that which is true, good, and beautiful. Mm. All for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yeah, Amen. And Jeff, I want to say again, thanks for calling in. And uh, that's a hard topic, man. That's a hard one to end with. Uh, call in again. I'd love to talk more um, about it and, and get some more advice to you. Uh, we just started barely scratching the surface there. But hey, guys, if you've been listening, thank you so much. Uh, this is Apologetics.com radio. And uh, it's just a privilege to be doing our ministry with you guys out there. So uh, I'll talk to you next week. See you later. Bye. All right.